0: What's up, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. You are listening to episode 111 of the podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Menace. Jack is not here today. He is doing—I don't know what he's doing. Probably some schoolwork of some sort. I feel like I haven't been in school in so long. uh, We've been out of the game for a while. But today, uh, we have two people making their Hogline Podcast debut. Um. And they are Mr. Connor Pewterball and Mr. Jake Matola. Say what's up to Hogline Nation.
1: What's going on, Hogline Nation? What's good, everybody. Glad to be on.
0: Yeah, Connor Connor, and Jake are, um, and we, we've referenced it many times in the podcast, but in our Dynasty League, uh, the best Dynasty League out there in, the, in all of the land, um, us three have. I'd say three of, three of the three of, the, I guess, the top five teams. So we're all sitting in, in very good shape. Um, Jake's been a little unlucky as of recently, but his team is still good. So, um, I mean, it, and he's defending champ. I, I forgot to say that. So yeah. With some
1: respect on the sharks. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, Jake is looking to defend his title. Um, but I'm seven and zero, and I have a thousand points for, so I'm making it uh, making it pretty hard. Um, and Connor's chop blockers aren't too shabby either. Anyway, um, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for hopping on in, in short notice. I just asked these guys today, and they um, they're hopping on. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to run over, run through. Excuse me. Today's uh, topics. We will be discussing college football. Um, we're about whatever this is, five, six weeks into the season. We haven't really talked about it, so I wanted to mention that a little bit. Um, then we'll be getting into a week seven NFL recap, uh, talk about some some of the, the best matchups of the week, some injuries, some seeing seeing where things are at this point of the season. And then to close out the show, we'll be talking about some fantasy football. We're, uh, the guys are going to give you some buy low and sell high to help Help you guys with your leagues as the trade deadline is probably approaching in your league. I feel like most leagues have it around around Thanksgiving, maybe a little bit before. But um, we want to give the listeners some help with that first to swing some trades for their playoff pushes. Um, All right, we'll we'll get right into it. We'll talk about some college football. The Big Ten returned on Saturday, and um, everyone is talking about that controversial call. I guess we'll, we'll start with that. Penn State, 35, Indiana, 36. Um, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of the call? I'm sure everyone has seen it, and at least I've seen a picture or a video of it. Um, Let's we'll start with Jake. What do, what do you think?
1: I felt like right off the bat, I thought he was short. I thought he somehow, like, stepped out or the ball hit the ground when it went out. And I think just, like, after watching the review um, from – the side angle like the left side angle you can clearly see the ball hit the, the out of bounds white line before it contacts the pylon and i think from the other angle which is kind of back by the goal post it looks like to me that you could clearly see that the tip of the ball the nose of the ball wasn't even close it was probably an inch or two away from the front of the goal line when it initially contacts the pylon so just between those two angles, I think it should have been pretty clear to refs to make that call, but they had been sticking with their guns pretty much the whole game anyways. The um, you know, Big 10 refs aren't really known for being the best. Uh, and they kind of put themselves in that position to begin with. They had multiple opportunities to win the game. They missed two, three field goals. They went 0 for 3 in field goals. Um, and then Devin Ford ran to the end zone. When he could have just kneeled it out after getting the first down, they would have won the game. So while, while the refs did, I think, butcher that call, um, Penn State put themselves in that position to was very much, it's very much their fault.
0: Right. Um, yeah, they, they, they shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been that close to begin with, as you just said. So that's definitely true. Connor, Connor what did you see from your angle? What, what, what call would have you have made?
1: was literally just watching it as jake was speaking and i completely agree it definitely looks i can't believe that that's what they called i wasn't i didn't watch the game but that's crazy when you see it from the angle you now it doesn't seem like that like it should have been uh called but i don't know but i, I don't feel bad for penn state like jake said they had three missed field goals and the, the kneeling mistakes so um yeah like jake said they put themselves in that position
0: right and i, I um correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I heard it was some sports book. I don't know if it was FanDuel or some, some site, but they were refunding people that like bet on Penn state. Did you guys hear anything about that?
1: No, I saw that. Yeah. Um, They thought it wasn't a good call either. So they're refunding people for the, for the money line, I think.
0: Right. And I, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I, I agree, obviously, you know, bad call, but in my opinion, Bad calls happen all the time, and people lose money all the time, and on bets like that. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about people re- getting their money refunded. I don't know what you guys your opinion on that is.
1: I guess it's like a good business move, maybe if somebody on that game, like they might be more incentivized to end with it if it was FanDuel, you know, return to them. But I, I agree. I mean, I, that was the call, or that's how the game ended. It should be what the whatever the box score was. So that's a little interesting. But, I mean, I'd feel really happy if that was me. My guess is that it probably is they're giving credits back. Um, so it's, like, it's going to have to be spent on the website again. Uh, yeah. So it's it's more of a PR move than anything monetary uh, would be my best guess. But, yeah, yeah, that's – i mean, yeah, to a degree, I think that bad calls happen. But, like, first game of Penn State of the season – FanDuel is trying to come up with something to get their name in the news one. Pennsylvania sports betting, it's legal. A lot of Penn State fans trying to keep them coming back, feeling like they didn't get screwed over in the first game of the year. It's a smart business decision to me.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that, how it might be a, a site credit. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just think back to, like, the, the Rams-Saints game, obviously the NFC Championship game in 2018, like, If those people didn't get their money, I mean, I guess because this is literally like this decided the game. Not that the pass interference like didn't because it was obviously very important. But this was, I guess, the Mm -hmm. the end all be all. But whatever. I just thought that was interesting. And I thought we should mention that. Um, All right. I'm going to talk about Rutgers for a minute. That's the next thing on my agenda. Rutgers won 38 to 27, the first game of the Greg Shiano era. Um, Interesting stat that I, I saw. Rutgers, uh, well, first of all, we forced seven turnovers, which was quite a lot. It seemed like Michigan State was fumbling every possession. Um, There's five fumbles and two interceptions. But what I wanted to say was Rutgers scored 51 points in all Big Ten games last year, and they scored 38 on Saturday. So they almost scored as many points as they did in all the Big Ten play uh, just on Saturday. So, I don't know. I don't that that I don't know where whether I feel embarrassed on that or hopeful and optimistic. But that's that's pretty insane. Um, I I just it was the first time I had fun watching Rutgers football. I think in my entire life. So um, definitely wanted to put that out there. And maybe we'll be back. I don't know. We'll we'll see about that. Um, What's the
1: over under on wins this year for Rutgers?
0: uh, Well, it's an eight game season. I don't know what it is, but. I don't know. We play Penn, we play Ohio State in two weeks. I know that. I'll pull up the schedule real quickly. I think we play Indiana next week. Maybe Indiana will be, uh, you know, coming off that crazy game. Maybe they'll be. I don't know. A, a little bit of a letdown performance for them. I'm just kind of uh, thinking about how we can maybe run the table. Um, let's see. I know we play Ohio State, and we play Penn State later on. Our schedule's not good. Yeah. We play Indiana, Ohio State, Illinois, Michigan, Purdue, Penn State, Maryland. Okay. So. That,
1: that's not the easiest. I I mean, they have one win already. You know what? Do you think they have a chance to get to four or five?
0: I'd be happy with four. Um, I don't think we're going to beat Ohio State or Penn State or probably Indiana, but, um, you know, I don't know too much about Illinois. We always play them pretty well, so. I don't know. I'll, I'll be happy with, honestly, anything, to be honest, because I, I was telling these guys before we recorded, Rutgers was 9-39 and 39 when I was went to school there, so um, it was pretty bad. I went to every single home game. I was a very loyal fan for the first three years, I didn't go to any senior year because I just could. I was done. I couldn't do it.
1: I think you should have more hope for them against Indiana. I mean, Penn State out outgained them 488 yards to 211 yards, so... It's not like Indiana's putting up huge numbers, and Rutgers defense, is, the seven turnovers is insane. So mm-hmm. um, I would give them a better shot against Indiana. And, I mean, they just didn't they didn't play very well. Penn State just kind of kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over again, so.
0: If it's one thing Rutgers can do well, though, it's shooting themselves in the foot, so.
1: That's true, <laughs> that is true. I mean, let me know with Shiano. Could be a different, different era. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he, right when the announcement that he was the coach, so many recruits like came in out of nowhere. I mean, not out of nowhere because he was the coach, but it's just crazy how one move can just make that much of a difference for a, a school.
1: I mean, he was in talks for NFL positions and went to Rutgers instead, so I thought that was – I mean, that's a pretty big draw to begin with. You see it with, like, Deion Sanders going to Jackson State and them getting five stars looking at them already. Like, a five star is not going to look at an old school like Jackson State without Deion being attached to the program, so – it's just it goes to show what a what a head coach can do for a program and getting recruits and then how those recruits can, uh, like immediately reflect on the uh, the, the product in the field.
0: Exactly. Um, I guess other big new Big Ten news. We'll we'll close off here. Justin Fields looked really good. He only had one incompletion, uh, three total touchdowns, 276 passing yards, 54 on the ground. Um, I mean. Barring a, a catastrophic injury, he's going to go top five in the NFL draft. So, and I don't know, he mean, he, he did well, so he may, maybe won the Heisman this year. Who knows, but um, it'll be interesting to see. A lot of good quarterbacks this year, so that'll be interesting to see for that. Um, speaking of good quarterbacks, we can talk about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I posed you guys the question about a couple minutes ago before we hit the record button, but what would you do If you were Trevor Lawrence and the Jets had the first pick, how do you, how do you, what do you, what's your course of action?
1: Connor? you want to take this just to start? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, for me, it all centers around Adam Gase, because I love Joe Douglas. He came from the the Eagles and he's the, uh, you know, manager of player operations for the Jets right now. And I, I believe in his scouting abilities for talent, because right now Howie Roseman has that problem with the Eagles. So I I trust that Joe Douglas will take the Jets franchise in the right direction. Um, I would just, if I was Trevor, like, hold off right now. And I think he's doing this, too. He's trying to delay, like, saying any way that he feels about it. They all say, like, oh, well, whoever takes me, you know, I'm okay with it. But I think he should, yeah, just wait and see what happens with the Jets, like, coaching-wise. And if Adam Gase is still there next year, I don't think he will be. I'll just, like, take my lumps Like Joe Burrow, went to the Bengals, and I'll just go to the Jets. What do you think, James? say well starters as a buffalo bills fan i am fully in the extend adam gaze club um we would like him there for a very long time but Mm -hmm. i agree uh i think trevor should try and just wait and see play the waiting game there um joe douglas is kind of he's pretty much hit on mckay becton um mims looked good in his first four or five catches he had um Mm -hmm. he had some separation against trey white i watched that whole game and he looked pretty good um, from a scouting perspective i would say they're doing well in the draft but just also from from that perspective as well like they're really they're, the cover is empty there like they've got yeah. these few good guys from the draft but i mean the their center their left guard the right guard the right tackle everything, everything but back to them on that line is swiss cheese mm-hmm. and then outside of mims they don't have really any tar- any any talented receivers hey, hey James jameson crowder jameson
0: okay jameson crowder James didn't even on. play on something he's hurt and he's old I know, I'm just saying I gotta defend my guy's old. Is he even under contract for next year. year? I'm not sure. But he's balling out. He's having a great year.
1: He is having a good year. But like yeah, future not- future looking pieces they are Jamal Adams. I've seen traders for yeah. Coin Williams. It's just like mm-hmm. they have so much more of a need. Other than our quarterback, that I think if Trevor goes there, it's going to be a Sam Arnold situation all over again.
0: Right. I um, when I was younger, I I used to like think, you know, I used to be more on like, oh, players should be loyal to their teams and everything. But as I've as I've gotten older, I'm I've kind of seen how the side of, I mean, these guys only have a few. They only, I mean, if you're a quarterback, you have a longer window, but. I mean, we saw what happened to Prescott. I mean, you never know. Any nothing's a guarantee in the NFL, so you should really, I guess, control your own destiny, is what I'm trying to say. And um, I would, I couldn't fault him for this, for not wanting to play there and saying like, I mean, I don't know what you say in that situation. Just like I'm not going to show up, or I mean, he can always go back to school because he is a junior. But um,
1: like Jake just said, I don't think the Jets are getting any better. You know, they might just be no feeder next year as well.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. But um but yeah, I mean I I first thought of this because Kieran actually said if, if, if he if he were Lawrence and the Jets had the first pick, he would just just say I'm not gonna show up. But um, I don't know, it's just certainly an interesting situation and um, we'll see what happens. Because I mean I feel like the Jets are just a lock for the first pick. I mean I, I agree. The Giants have one win, right? And the Falcons have one win. I think they're the only other one win teams. Is that right? Yeah. Um
1: Vikings I believe only have one win. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Them two. I think there's
1: like four or five teams with one wins. I'll real quick. But yeah, I mean the Falcons are clearly looking for somebody. Uh Bengals are one and five, Texans are one and six, Jags are one and six. Giants are one and six. Vikings are one and, are one and five, Falcons are one and six.
0: Okay, a lot more than I thought. Yeah, I mean, they still. sneak out
1: a win. They sneak out a win here and there. And I mean, they might not be in the basement anymore. But still, I, I also think Justin Fields could potentially play himself from that first overall pick if he continues to only throw one incompletion a game. And the incompletion was a drop in the end zone. So, like, I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I don't know what Trevor should do.
0: It's tough for sure. Last college football question I have for you guys. Um, You know, it's a weird season. Obviously, some teams are playing twelve games. Big Ten and Pac twelve are playing abbreviated seasons. How would you like? What do you do? Like, what if a team's like eleven and one? What one team's eight and zero? I I got. Do you guys have any answers for that? Do you think, or I don't know, what do you guys think will happen with that? Just the whole ranking system.
1: I mean, there's no conference. Yeah, there's no out-of-conference play to begin with, so you're kind of just basing it off of who beats who in conference and the best teams in the conference. I think you're going to kind of come out of it. Um, is uh, an 11-1 and Georgia team better than an 8-0 Ohio State team? Because, I mean, that's essentially the question we're asking ourselves here. An 8-0 Oklahoma State team, um, if they end up winning the Big – but the Big 12 is been playing, so they're going to be 10 or 11 11- – Games I believe, so um, I, I can't imagine more than one team comes out of the Big Ten. And uh, with I'd say Clemson's a lock, Alabama's a lock. As one and two, uh, one of the Big Ten if they go eight and is probably a lock. And then you're up to either an SEC team or an, a Big Twelve team, or potentially even Cincinnati if they go undefeated for that last spot. Um, and there you're looking at yeah or Notre Dame. Um, but Notre Dame also plays Clemson, so they're going to have that that competition with the one win. But all those teams will have played ten or eleven games, so I don't think you're really looking for for a Big Ten team outside to like to compete with uh, any of those teams, unless unless some other Big Ten team goes seven and one and play a really really close game with Ohio State as their only loss. Um, I don't I don't know if that necessarily comes up in conversation.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it'll sort itself out eventually once once things. Um... They're, they're still doing conference championships and everything, right? Is that, is that true?
1: I'd imagine so. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I guess it's not as complica- complicated as I'm, I'm making it out to be, but um, we'll certainly see what happens there. Um, but, yeah. All right. We'll, um just to transition here, we'll go right into the NFL talk. Uh, I want to highlight some two, two games that I think were very important that happened over the weekend, and we'll talk about some injuries as well. Uh, we'll start with Pittsburgh and Tennessee. Steelers remain undefeated. Uh, they go into Tennessee and they win twenty-seven to twenty-four, and um, complete domination in first half. The Steelers went up twenty-four to seven. Kind of fell apart at the end there. Um, what do you guys think here? Do you guys think the Steelers are for real? I want an unbiased perspe- perspective. I did not think they were real
1: before legit. This week. But yeah, I agree. That's a statement win for Tennessee led over Tennessee. I Tennessee kinda got smacked in the mouth and then came back too. I would it shows me a lot about Tennessee because going down what was it, 20, twenty-four or something like that?
0: Twenty four seven. It was at half
1: yeah. Time. Going down by almost three scores is is huge. Um and then being able to come back and then be a, a field goal away from tying it up and going to overtime. It's, that shows a lot for that Tennessee team that they can play from behind like that. Um, they don't just have to ground and pound with Henry. But I Big Ben was doing his best job to keep Tennessee in the game there at the end. So um, it kind of shows the up and downs Ben's had lately, with just being able to be still an elite quarterback, throwing those really good young receivers, and also just turning the ball over and making bad mistakes like he was in the first first few quarters of that game against the Giants week one
0: yeah he was he was rusty in the beginning um but uh but yeah I mean going back to what you said about the Titans they kind of um you know it's it's easy to to give Derrick Henry the ball when you're up by 10 but when you're down by 10 it kind of changes things and I um they kind of stuck to it they didn't really go away from Henry which from their perspective I feel like they need to do because that's that's who they are um I mean the Steelers did a good job keeping him in check though I mean he had a couple runs of maybe nine ten yards maybe one or two runs but for the most part he was getting stuffed right at the line I know he snuck into the end zone but um I think we did a pretty good job on him and that's obviously the key if you can do it is stop him but um I mean he's pretty great so he's scary yeah there was who was
1: that one uh like Steelers linebacker he like took out of the game when he did sneak into the end zone it was like the play before and it was just like all right boys like which one's just gonna like sacrifice their soul to like Derek Henry' Cause, like he just slammed him and then they had to take him off the field yeah um, that
0: was that was the um the uh the devin bush replacement Spillane. okay yeah he was- I don't know I don't know the extent of his injury. I forgot to look into that, but it seemed like it was some type of shoulder injury, but yeah he it was like running into a brick wall um it was a great play, but he yeah. stopped him
1: but yeah ended up not mattering
0: yeah and then he gets in next play, so it was all for nothing but um yeah, I'm excited the Steelers play the Ravens this week, so right back at it another tough matchup. um we'll see if we can hold him off. We played. We played the. We, we kind of held Lamar in check last year. I think he had a three yeah. interception game against us. So um, that was half of his interceptions last year. I think he only threw six on the whole on the whole year. So um, we've kind of had his number, but you know, it's it's a tough game when the Steelers and Ravens always play each other. So um, yeah, uh, another uh, game of the year. Sunday Night Football. I don't know how much of you guys saw, but I I watched the entire thing and it was it was thrilling just to say the least um the Cardinals pull off the win in overtime 37 34 and um it was a good day to have Tyler Lockett that's the first thing I'm going to say
1: uh yeah it helps when one of your guys puts up what is it 49er he put up 53 I think in full PPR but um yeah I thought Seattle looked great um Credit to Arizona like I did for Tennessee. They got punched in the mouth early and came back, and uh, they look good. They look really good. Uh, Kyler showed that he's, he can come back and they can play uh, play from behind. I know earlier this year, first three or four games, he had been like the third and most inefficient quarterback just in front of Dwayne Haskins and Carson. Um, so for him to be able to come back and kind of prove that yeah he still has it from his rookie year he's throwing he doesn't just have to run uh, with with Drake and Edmonds that it really showed that the Cardinals are for real um, their defense was able to hold Seattle back in the second half not let them kind of keep running the score up on them um, Arizona is a good team that NFC West is a scary scary division and um, Russ is Russ is still the MVP even though he threw what three picks so. I I still think Russ is, Russ is the man this year. Um, he's the one to beat for the MVP race.
0: Definitely. Connor, what do you think?
1: Um, I was thinking about the injuries from that game. Uh, we lost Kenyon Drake. Uh, I believe Chris Carson, but it doesn't look too serious for him. Um, I think Carlos Hyde even looked like a, a small injury. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a great, it was an exciting game to watch, though. I thought it was going to be a tie, honestly. It was in overtime at the end, but I guess when you actually have two decent teams, it ends up not being a tie. I'm like, it's when it's like eagles Bengals, and, and you expect a tie. So I got to change my mindset a little bit. I'm like watching too many bad teams.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it, it was the game of the year to this point. Um, it was There was a lot of good games in general this weekend, but especially this one, it just really topped off a great weekend of football. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson looked good, but he also looked kind of bad at at points, but you know, it doesn't really matter because, you know, this is an outlier game for him. Obviously he's, I would be surprised if he threw, I had another three interception game the rest of this season. So, um, it was just, yeah, great football. And, um, yeah, like, like Jake just said earlier, Kyler, he did have some very shaky points early on in the season, um, with, with his passing. Especially that Lions game. I remember watching that Lions Cardinals game and I think it was week three. And I'm like, I I don't know. I was just very disappointed. I'm like, Kyler, you can't be you can't be in the MVP because at that point he was kind of in the MVP race. I guess he's somewhat sorta of is, but you can't be throwing that many picks and uh be in the MVP race. So but yeah, he's definitely picked it up since then and he's actually tied for first in the league with rushing touchdowns, which is pretty crazy to think. He already has seven this year. Um, so and I he I think he's on pace for like 900 rushing yards, so that's really kind of what has elevated his um his fantasy play, I guess you could say, is the amount of rushing touchdowns. Yeah, when he um, gets those
1: little legs going, he just kind of gets moving.
0: Yeah, I know you you imitated his run when we were playing football the way he runs.
1: <laughs> very short steps.
0: Yeah, i I don't think he uh, I don't think he ran the 40 right at the combine. I'd be very interested to see what he what his time would be. Um, he
1: may not have.
0: Let me look. I don't believe so, but I, I just, I don't know what it would be. I think maybe he could run like a four or five, to be honest. That's what I would have said. But yeah, no, it, it, um, I don't think I had anything else to say about this game. Tyler Lockett, obviously big game, but you know, he has 20 targets in this game, but the previous two weeks he had, he had nine. So what's up with that?
1: Yeah, and then DK only had like, what, like three catches or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't let it affect you because you have to start Lockett and Metcalf every week. But I guess mm-hmm. you're going to have some of these games where it just like doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, last thing I wanted to say about uh, the last this past week in the NFL, uh, we kind of touched on a little bit with the injuries, but. Uh, Connor mentioned that Kenyon Drake and Kirst Carson may be out. Um, Drake with an ankle injury and Carson with a foot sprain. They are probably week to week, probably will miss a couple games. I know uh, the Cardinals have their bye week this week, so maybe Drake could get lucky and only miss one game. Um, OBJ out for the year. Um, Jake, you have the floor for 20 seconds. If you want to say some uh, thoughts and prayers for Odell Beckham.
1: You know, I had high hopes for Odell coming this year, coming back. He had 1,000 yards last year with the sports hernia, playing through the whole season with it. Uh, this year, he's had some high moments with that one game against the Cowboys, and then he put up 35 points. He's had a couple of 15-point performances and then a couple duds. duds. Um, man, this is just sad. I was kind of counting on him. Comeback season, he's going to be 28 next year. Uh it's going to be tough for him to come back, but, you know, I'm holding out hope OBJ is still OBJ. He showed flashes this year. you still got it. I hope he takes some time off and gets back to his elite, elite performance.
0: Yeah, no, it kind of sucks. I mean, ACLs are – I've never torn my ACL, um, and I can't even imagine what that feels like. So that's got to be really rough. Um, how do you guys th- – do you think this will affect the Browns very much? Like, do you think they'll be um, – I feel like they didn't throw much to begin with, so maybe they'll throw even less and rely on the the, the amazing backfield that they have. But um, what do you guys think? Do you think it'll affect, affect the Browns too much? or I mean, it has to a little bit, but what do you yeah, think?
1: Yeah, I think it hurts. I mean, apparently Harrison Bryant, this random tight end coming up getting two touchdowns, maybe he can lighten the load a little bit. But, yeah, I, I think it's just lean more on Kareem Hunt even more now. And they're really hoping Nick Chubb gets back soon. Not sold on the Browns as a contender yeah.
0: yet. Yeah, There's, barely they're being five the Bengals. And
1: two
0: yeah, uh, well, they're 5-2, and two, right? That's correct.
1: Yeah, but they only have one team against a team that's not the Bengals or the NFC East.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that's not good. When do they play the Eagles? Do you guys know the Browns-Eagles game?
1: Um, I'm pulling, I got the schedule up. My my internet's being weird right now.
0: I think it's in a couple of weeks, but um, it's
1: uh, after this next week. It's on November twenty second.
0: It's a Thursday night game.
1: All right, that's that sounds like a Thursday
0: night game. Eagles Eagles Browns is Thursday night.
1: Yeah, uh, after this next Sunday night game against. Why like, are the Eagles always in prime time? I don't know, man. We don't deserve it.
0: Can they like why why can't if the Steelers? We gotta watch
1: this practice squad team.
0: Why can't the Steelers Ravens be prime time and why the Eagles Cowboys have to be prime time? Please explain that to me.
1: I mean they have pretty large chances. You can't flex <laughs> until after week ten.
0: Really? Yeah. I mean they did I mean I guess they did it this week, but it was with COVID, but I mean they flexed it this week. But mm. yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it'll be rough. No one wants to see Ben DiNucci play football and in prime time. But
1: yeah, I mean, it's just for the practice squad team for the Eagles. They're down what nine of eleven starters on offense. I mean, um, they are, but I think people overreact about it because it's dudes like Alshon and Deshaun. I mean, yes, Lane Johnson was missing, and then obviously, um, who's the guard? I'm forgetting. Forgetting his name. Brooks. But yeah, Brandon Brooks. Um, that's huge, but I think like some guys that were already not great anyway. Like, I didn't expect Deshaun and Alshon to play every game this year anyway, and it's like kind of taking away from the consistency of the ones. But like, all I think I saw a stat that was like eight of ones. All eight of ones' touchdowns, those last eight touchdowns have come from players that weren't on the roster at the beginning of the year.
0: That's bad. Like, yeah,
1: no one knew who Travis Fulgham was until. That game a few weeks ago, or John Hightower, or I knew who Jason Kroom was because he was Buffalo Buffalo guy for a while. But no, I mean, do not. Yeah, and then Boston Scott's been a practice spotter, backup guy until the end of last year. Is there just, I mean, they're playing well enough, but it's just you don't want to see these guys playing on Sunday night.
0: No, not at all. Um, it'll be rough, but uh, maybe I'll put some money on it to make it some interesting in some capacity. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, no, I, Andy Dalton also got wrecked. I forgot to mention that. That was pretty brutal. Um, we talked about the backup there, but yeah, that was bad. And yeah. I don't know who hit him, but he got ejected. I think right.
1: Yeah, John Bostic. He he's not even supposed to get suspended. He's gonna be fine, not suspended, which I think is a joke, but. Mm. I mean, that was clear. He just dove his head right in there.
0: You got to suspend that guy. Yeah. Come on, Roger, pick it up. You got to, you got to, you got to at least one game. Like, cause that, that was bad. That was really.
1: How about um, Melvin Gordon with the DUI? He hasn't gotten anything yet. Yeah. I, I, it just like fell by the wayside.
0: I know. I, I was fully waiting for him to, to get suspended, but. I don't know. Melvin's pissing me off, to be honest. He had two fumbles last game. I didn't start him, but, like, I don't know. Just suspend him. He doesn't... Yeah, that was stupid. Um, Lindsay's like,
1: a lot better than he has.
0: Yeah, but he, he got hurt again, so it'll probably be Melvin next week. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, L- Lindsey cannot stay healthy either. But, yeah, I was... I Actually, I play Connor this week, um, and I was going to start Melvin because he plays the Chargers. So I'm thinking revenge game. But I might go with DJ Moore instead because I don't know if I can trust Melvin Gordon. Um, so
1: lucky to choose between DJ Moore and Melvin Gordon.
0: Yeah, I know. Or like
1: a flex position.
0: Um, but we'll see. I don't know what I'll decide yet. But I I don't want to start Melvin. It's just the revenge game factor is kind of uh, playing in my mind. It mm-hmm. uh, matters. Yeah. All right. Well, well, the last thing we'll talk about here today. It's a nice segue because we were just talking about fantasy, but we'll talk about. Um, some buy low and sell high and maybe the listeners can help swing a trade and um, make a playoff push and a run to the championship so we'll start with Connor who is your buy low at this point going into week 8 with the trade deadline in most leagues being about 3 or 4 weeks away
1: I'm thinking do you want like um, like a lower profile guy or like my higher
0: profile guy and, uh, you can share both but whatever, whatever you want
1: I don't want to take one away, so you can come back. But I'm going to start with Josh Jacobs. Okay. Um, he's underperformed recently. Oh, Jake looks a little upset. Okay. Oh. Is
0: that you had? I have a couple, yeah, but not, he was my primary guy. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we agreed because he's obviously um, – the thing I look for a lot in fantasy is the team they're on. And the Raiders have been consistently – their offense has consistently put up points, stare cars, throwing touchdowns. And it looks like you can trust the Raiders' offense to at least, like, put some points on the board every week, which means Jacobs is going to keep getting opportunities near the end zone and there's nobody else behind him that's really going to, you know, take away from that opportunity that I'm very afraid of. So I think if there's anybody in your league that is, like, pissed off that they just started Jacobs and they want to get rid of him because he just put up, like, six points or whatever, I think it would be a good opportunity to scoop him up. All right, I'll, I'll come in back this one up with some some stats i pulled so in 6 of his next 9 games he's going against defenses which are below league average in points allowed to the running back position so like the the 6 of his next 9 games are against teams that are in the worst 16 when it comes to allowing running backs uh, fantasy points Um, He only had three games last year, which were below four yards per carry. So we're hoping – like, I'm hoping he can turn this more slump around and and get back to those four yards per carry. Like Connor said, he's not going to have anybody competing with him for touches. Um, And Derek Carr is, like, the most – he has the most check downs of any quarterback in the NFL currently, and I think his like check down rate is the like one of the highest in league history. He throws the running back and his short like slot receiver guys more than any other quarterback right now. So I mean, there's touches, there's receptions available for him, um, and I, I think that's like a pretty much a lock for for Josh Jacobs to get back to back to his groove.
0: That's yeah, that's certainly true. The volume is certainly going to be there. Um... And yeah, th- no competition either. Devonte Booker is not taking touches away from Josh Jacobs, uh, so yeah, he, he's he's pretty much a lock to see to when he's when he's right and healthy, twenty touches a game. So um, he should be right there. I have him in one league, so I hope he does turn it around. I'm three and four in that league, so I hope, I, re- I really kind of need him there because he was our uh, first or second round pick. I cannot remember, but but yeah, that that's certainly. I I hope you guys are right. I hope he does turn it around. Um, who else, who else do you guys have or buy low?
1: I got Josh Allen. I had to. So I, he's had three of his last – his last three games have been under 20 points scored. Um, but in two of those games, he had 263 passing yards against the Titans and 307 against the Jets. Um, He had two touchdowns in each game get called back for weird illegal formation calls or just some other – like a false start penalty. Um, so he's just he's getting these touchdowns they're getting called back um, he's, he's got two of his next four games are against the bottom three teams in or two of the bottom three teams and points allowed to the quarterback position he's got the chargers I believe and the um, who is the next one one of them's the chargers and the other ones some uh, the Seahawks And the Seahawks' defense is really bad. So, um, I'm expecting big things from Josh in these next couple coming weeks. Um, He's putting up points, and he's adjusting to the zone defense very well. And the touchdowns will come. It's just been a weird, fluky red zone offense for the Bills the last couple weeks.
0: That's definitely good. I mean, the game against the Chiefs also was very rainy, too. So, Mm -hmm. maybe that could have affected it a little bit. And I don't – Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't, I don't think he's had any, like, terrible, terrible games. I think he's been around, what, 16 to 18 points, so is that right? Yeah, he's 16 what? to
1: 18. He's the QB 10 right now, but, I mean, you may get guys who saw, like, oh, 19, 18, 16, and they're playing against guys like Ross or Rodgers the last couple weeks who've been putting up 30, and they're like, I need a quarterback to do that. So they'll go out, so you can probably sell and buy him low from somebody who wants to upgrade the position to somebody who's consistently putting up, like, 30-something points, um, so –
0: Right. But yeah, my point being, like, he hasn't killed your team, really. Like, he hasn't, like, he put up a a Cam Newton week where he had zero points this week. So, at least he's done something. And you're right, this might be a good opportunity to to buy just because he hasn't done what he did the first uh, three or four weeks. Uh, Connor, do you have another one or no? Do you want to go into another one?
1: Um, I can just quickly say I think Justin Jackson is a good quick pickup if you – Need like a running back fix for the next few weeks because the schedule for the Chargers coming up is Vegas, the Dolphins, and then the New York Jets uh, after this next Denver Broncos game. So, um, and I and it doesn't seem like Austin Eckler's coming back as soon as maybe people thought. So, uh, and Justin Jackson has been getting touches the last couple games. Um, Joshua Kelly is obviously always there, and he looks like he gets some of the goal line work. But I think Justin Jackson is a safe bet to, like, get you that, like, hot floor, like, 10 points per game, um, especially against the easy matchups.
0: Yeah, I did hear that report today that Eckler might be a slightly more delayed in his return than we had initially anticipated. So, yeah, you're right. He could definitely be serviceable for a few games there. And Josh Kelly, I don't think he's been very good either. Hasn't he averaged, like, yeah. not very good yards per carry?
1: I remember it was two point three earlier in the season. He's like three point seven yards per touch and
0: oh per touch?
1: Yeah, I think it's three point seven, including receptions. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's really bad. It's
1: really bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that bad. I knew I knew he wasn't being that efficient, but three point seven a to touch is is pretty brutal. Um but yeah, that's that's definitely good. Um good stuff. I uh I'm interested to hear what Connor has to say about the sell high though cuz he was saying that I'm not going to like it. So I'm I'm interested in in hearing what that could mean. Well, don't disrespect my players. I'm playing you this week. You don't want to you don't want to um to jinx yourself, but go ahead. Go ahead.
1: That's true. Yeah, I could get some bad juju uh for this weekend. But yeah, I was going to start with James Robinson.
0: Oh, I don't like that. <laughs>
1: Now, I uh, I understand James Robinson has been – he's, for many people, maybe has been the savior of your team this year. Um, he's been he, – he's an RB3 right now in
0: fantasy. Overall, not a RB3, the RB3. The people. RB3. I want to clarify yes. that, the RB3. But <laughs> go ahead. Tell me why you're on So,
1: I don't think it would be horrible to hold on to him either. But at the beginning of the year when we looked at the Jags, we did not think that any running back – here was going to be have a lot of opportunities to get points like when Leonard Fournette was still there the doubt was well we know Fournette's pretty good but the Jaguars suck so I, I think that the Jags have proven that they do indeed suck and I might like I said earlier when I'm looking at players I think about the team a lot I just don't think that Jacksonville is going to be able to keep putting Robinson in the position to succeed I don't think he's going to be able to keep up this like train wreck of like a season he's having. And in terms of a good way, he is the train wrecking the other teams. But I think if there's anybody who's like super into James Robinson in your league and you have him and they can give you some really good value for him, then you go ahead and do it.
0: Um, So you're wrong, first of all. But removing <laughs> bias aside, uh, I can somewhat see your point in, in that way. Um, he does have a, a pretty tough fantasy playoff schedule. Um, if you look into that stuff, but his next, he does have a bye this week, but after that he gets the Texans and the Packers who have been really bad against the run. So if you're going to do it, um, I expect them to have good games against them. So maybe do it right before the deadline. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, cause I can, I can see him coming right out of the bye. week and have another, another game, good game or two. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. And you're right. The Jags don't, they don't have the best team and the best offense. So if you think about it, the scoring opportunities could be lower. Um, mm-hmm. but he gets he gets all the work. So
1: Yeah, he hasn't had less than yeah. rushes at all this year. To that point too, they're talking about benching Gardner. So the passing game clearly isn't working. They're gonna stick with giving Robinson the rock. So I I don't have any worry about his touches going forward.
0: Yeah, and he is involved in the passing game too. I mean he's uh he has twenty seven catches on the year, averages um just under four games, game. So he's right around that 50 to 60 catch pace, which would be fantastic. Um, but, but yeah, who, who, Jake, who do you have? Hopefully someone better than Connor.
1: So I've got one that each of you probably isn't going to like, which one do you want to hear?
0: Oh God. Just say it. Rip off the bandaid. Come on.
1: All right. I'm selling high on Lockett. Well, solely because he put up 50 points. You guys are
0: just not. And you guys
1: are no, nadir. no, no, no. Okay, so I'm selling high on like at one because he put up 50 points, and anybody who's going to pay me for a player who puts up 50 points is going to give me a lot back in return. Um, so six out of his next 10 games are against teams that rank in the top seven in fantasy points against from the wide receiver position. So he's got the 49ers twice, the Rams twice. He's got the Bills, and he's got the Washington football team who is surprisingly very good at preventing wide receivers from scoring fantasy points for some reason. Um, So, one, the schedule is bad. Two, you know DK is going to get his work. Um, Lockett's not going to have that full 100%, almost 100% target share like he did this weekend. And if you can get someone to pay you for Lockett for putting up 50 points and kind of saying, oh, he put up 50 points, and get you to pay, like he's the wide receiver One tie is just it's crazy. it's obviously going to probably finish the year as a wide receiver, one fantastic player. But if you can get at least two wide receiver ones, or if your teams are running back needy with how much in how many injuries are going on at the running back position right now, and you can lock in like a Christian McCaffrey coming back or an Aaron Jones and more, I would say, I would say go with that. I mean, you can't you got to get max value for their players. And I think Lockett peaked this season with his 50-point game. So um, I would try and, and pick up someone else from there. And then my other sell high, Connor, is Kareem Hunt. Um, Chubb's coming back, I think, in what, two or three weeks? they so in week
0: nine. They're, they're anticipating week 10.
1: Yeah. So, so I would say Kareem Hunt's a, another good sell high, especially if your team is in a position where you can afford To sell him um, right now if you you have a decent amount of running back depth and you can sell him to a team who has like a Miles Sanders or a Chris Carson or like a Joe Mixon right now and they really need a running back help to kind of stay afloat and get to the fantasy playoffs, I'd say maybe sell him high right now, get your value, and get yourself maybe like a Joe Mixon in return um, if they'll sell him or like maybe a Miles Sanders even. Get yourself a Miles Sanders back in return. And once Kareem Hunt's touches go down, when Nick Chubb comes back, Miles Sanders is gonna come back. You know Boston Scott's not really a threat to kind of take carries away from Miles Sanders. He'll be one of the only players in that Philly offense getting touches. You'll have that guaranteed target share. And for the for the fantasy playoffs end of the season, you want the guarantee over the kind of counting on Nick Chubb to get hurt again and get Kareem Hunt full full value. So those are my two sell highs.
0: I um I actually did exactly what you said, Jake. I, I traded away Kareem Hunt uh, two weeks ago in in a league that Connor and I are in together. Um, but I traded Kareem. I so I was five and zero at the time, and I traded away Kareem Hunt and I got Nick Chubb. So I so I flipped Nick Chubb for Kareem Hunt. So um, it's an interesting move just because at the time Chubb was probably going to be out for four more weeks, but I felt like I could afford it just because I was I was had a good record at the time. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly interesting because, I mean, while, while Hunt is the lead back, I mean, it's, it's so hard to uh, – I don't know. Like, he, he's so good when he's when he's there, but it's just this looming thing of Nick Chubb coming back, and you don't know what it's – I mean, it'll probably go back the way it was, but maybe they'll ease him back. I don't know. It, it's certainly interesting to monitor, and um, it really depends on your record, in my opinion, if, if you can afford it or not. So, that's certainly an interesting point. Um, Connor, do you have another one or no?
1: Um, I have, like, a longer list of just some names I was thinking of. All right, throw okay. them out there. That's throw really them out good. there. You can tell me. Yeah, just tell me what you think. So, I mean, another one, Julio Jones.
0: Go, guys, what are you doing? You guys are straight-up haters. What
1: are you... I don't know if Julio is so high candidate right now. You mean he's, like, he he's got, high enough? or? I don't think he's – yeah, I don't think you're going to get full value for Julio. Guys, he's coming
0: Julio back from an injury. When Julio plays, he's a lock for, like,
1: when he plays, I don't know, man. What did he put up, 13
0: this week? Uh, yeah, 13 and a half, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're getting full value if you trade Julio right now. I don't think I don't think he's a sell high. Because, you know, Julio's average, usually averages like, 18 to 20 a game. So, I think you are selling him around 13 right here, and he's coming back for an injury. I don't know if he's a, a sell high candidate. All
0: right. Um, I think he's got yeah, more about that
1: 29-point game So, but – um, yeah, I was thinking as well uh, Juju.
0: Now yeah, you're like just personally Deontay attacking Johnson?
1: me. Well, no, because Deontay Johnson looks great when he's on the field. Uh, that's Juju. a big Juju. Yeah, I Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But I just <laughs> haven't that been impressed though. by Juju either this year. I'm, let me tell you his highest point total for a week right now. But um, it just doesn't seem like you can, you can trust Juju as like your wide receiver too this year. He's got... He had 21 in week one. Uh, I think he had two touchdowns that week, and since then he's only had one touchdown. Um, Going into this week eight against Baltimore, but the Steelers schedule lightens up a lot. After that Baltimore game, they get Dallas, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. So you could say maybe he has a chance to turn it around. So Would he be a buy low then? I would still sell high. You could wait maybe for those weeks, wait for him to blow up a little more but I don't think
0: you can trust him week to week. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that just from an unbiased perspective. It's just the Steelers have a lot of weapons, and one week it's Claypool, one week it's Johnson, the next week it'll be Juju. It's kind of hard to tell who it'll be in a given week. Um, so, I mean, he'll have his splash games, but he may be, he may be inconsistent because he has been this year. So I can kind of see that. Um, I kind of stayed away from Juju this year. Um in general, um, you know, I, obviously I love Juju, but it just it's just that I kind of s- saw it playing out this way, how it kind of has been. Obviously, I didn't see, I didn't expect Claypool to be this good this quickly, um, but yeah, it's kind of, we have a lot of weapons, and they're all, none really stands out against the other. Like, they all do something well in their own right, and um, so I, I kind of like that, but again, it it's hard to know what, what you could really get for him right now. But yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. But interesting also how you named all my players and also one from my favorite team. So, um, wow. If we am gonna uh, piss
1: Jack off, I've got another one.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, sure.
1: DeAndre Swift.
0: <laughs> oh, um, why do you say that?
1: So he's just getting. He's only 44 percent of the Lions' running back touches the last two weeks. He's still he's being out touched by Adrian Peterson.
0: The lines are just so
1: dumb. Lines are just so. So, Yeah. So I just. I mean, he's been going off what the last three weeks, and they still won't give him the touches. They're still giving Adrian Peterson more carries than Swift. So I think you just kind of sell high because like that target that that carry share for him just isn't guaranteed. Um, And Patricia is just feeding the rock to Peterson, even though he's averaging two point six yards per carry. So. I mean that could easily change going forward, but the, they haven't shown any, any like remnant that they're going to change that in the next in the next few weeks because this is we're almost we're going on week eight here halfway through the season, and the Lions are still giving Adrian Peterson twelve carries a game. He is it ran the same
0: six thing for some reason too. Like, what what?
1: Are go to him? he ran Adrian Peterson ran six routes for some reason.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> does he even catch balls? Like I don't know.
0: This they is the same it. thing as uh 2018 with Carryon Johnson and Legarrette Blunt. Legarrette Blunt averaged like under three a carry, and they were still giving him like ten carries a game. So that's probably I don't know if that's just Matt Patricia's philosophy, but um, yeah, it, it's kind of weird to be honest. But yeah, I know Jack might be offended about that one. But you got I guess from a dynasty perspective, you have to hope that Patricia gets fired and the Lions have a coach that knows what they're doing in terms of, um, giving properly utilizing their running backs and whatnot. Um, yeah.
1: I'm, I did all this from a redraft perspective. None of this is for dynasty recommendations, obviously. We'll probably want to hold on to Swift lock it and Swift and lock it from a dynasty perspective. Right.
0: right, Especially right. Robinson. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, unless you guys have anything else, I think we can, uh, wrap up here today.
1: Thank you for having me on, Mitch. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Like I said, it was, it was very short notice. I asked these guys um, late morning and uh, they were ready to, to hop on. So thank you guys very much. And uh, Jack and I both appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Always ready to hop on the sticks. Just let me know whenever. It's a pleasure.
0: Awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Um, be sure to subscribe to us and follow us on Instagram. And um, we'll catch you next time, folks you